0: Well, as I said earlier on in the season, if a large Danish beer manufacturer did Sunday afternoons, they would probably look something like that. Some of your feelings up with a t-shirt, they said. That's pretty much it. John, how are you?
1: (laughs) I'm not bad, Yeah, um, I didn't know you were wearing that. That's funny. I think Celtic have a huge chance this season now. Whereas before, a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago, I didn't have too many expectations for the season, really. Mm. Um, and then everything's kind of gone a bit mental at Ibrox. Um, and I thought, you know, as soon as Gerard left, you know, it wasn't about Gerard as a figurehead leaving. It's the fact he's taking his whole backroom staff with him. Coupled with the kind of curious rumblings from inside Rangers that all is not well in the dressing room. Then I see, and it's not even about today's result, Hamish, right? Then I see one of their senior players go on the TV after tonight's game and say that their team, the, the Rangers players, have lost their hunger after winning one trophy in a decade. Saying that the Rangers players are not following instructions, it's it's quite ludicrous. But if I'm Celtic, I'm looking at that and rubbing my hands together because I think what you can say about this Celtic team. And I don't think it's been perfect under Ange by any means. I know we've been excited about him because he's dealt with the press superbly and it's been exciting and he's brought a bit of fire back to Celtic that we were severely lacking last season. I don't think it's been perfect in terms of results or performances, but I think what you can say about this team, this Celtic team have bags of hunger. They're desperate to win every game. And they've got a real spirit and determination about them. There's kind of something building, a kind of unity building between the team and the support. And I think it's just a completely different contrast to whatever's going on at Rangers. And I think it was never better summed up than than this weekend.
0: Motivation is is so crucial in sport, yeah. and and this Celtic team we, we've spoken about it before have so much motivation because as a squad, you know, under Ange, they've achieved nothing yet. Rangers mm. are at the absolute, uh, yeah, we make the joke they've won one trophy, which is a fair point, but they they have achieved what their, this squad has, this Rangers squad has achieved what their main target was. In a way, it's only down for them. And the, the difference, is you say, there's two comparisons I want to make. The first one, Ange has spoken a lot in the last week. He's been doing so many different interviews, press conferences. He's spoken about Celtic sticking in during the early stages of the season, the tougher stages, when things were difficult, when we had injuries, when we just had new signings coming in the door, not settled in yet, when Ange himself was new to Scottish football and and maybe not quite the the Ange that we see now. And Celtic did stick in at those stages. You know, I think the ones he mentioned was the getting into the Europa League group stage and the Hearts uh, last 16 of the the League Cup. Two, Two games, you know, Alkmaar and the Hearts games, two games when we weren't at full strength, really, and we stuck in and we're seeing the rewards now. Thursday night will come on to that, but we've got a chance on Thursday night to keep our Europa League participation going and certainly on on December the 19th we've got a chance to win this first trophy and that only comes because Celtic stuck in when things were tough. Compare that to what you watched today at Hamden. That that was a Rangers team doing the opposite of sticking in when things are tough. Um you know, for me we have a team of winners that that Mm -hmm. Celtic team, a core anyway of of winners. Rangers, for me, are a a pretty, an average to decent squad of players that were very well coached and set up under Steven Gerrard. And it seems like when Steven Gerrard, the minute he left it, that it kind of, all went awry a little bit. They're going to get better under Van Bronckhorst. I mean, they can't be much worse than today. But the other comparison I would make is Celtic's first game after Brendan Rodgers left. Very similar circumstances to what we see with Rangers mm-hmm. now. We played Hibs as well in the Cup, actually, at Easter Road. And you saw the leadership in that Celtic team those, you know, a couple of years ago. They won that game in trying circumstances. Players like Forrest, who scored that game, scored yesterday, came to the fore. McGregor played both games, you know, Scott Brown in the first game. And I think when you compare that to what you see across the city, it's night and day and... You know, if you're asking me how I'm feeling, I'm feeling quietly optimistic. We're going to have a laugh on this stream because we're Celtic fans and we're going to laugh when we're doing well and when the other team's struggling. That's just the way football works. But I think in general, we haven't achieved anything yet. And I think we all know that. But I think we know that we have a Celtic team with a lot of winners in them now and a really good manager who has Celtic The Celtic players buying into his way of playing, and and that way of playing is attractive football, but it's also winning.
1: Ange made a very very interesting comment after yesterday's game, that was in today's written press in in the Sunday papers. And actually, Ange made a, a number of interesting comments. I felt after yesterday's match, you know, first of all, kind of acknowledging the fact that we're pushing for silverware this season. I think that's the first time he's really spoken about that explicitly he's always said you know it's about you know the, this is a work in progress and al- although he he was at pains to stress that the Celtic side are still improving he made it clear that he knew he wasn't going to get two or three years at Celtic without winning trophies he said that in, his, in, an, in an interview yesterday and I think that he can tan- you know it's a it's a tangible marker that we're into a final I know we kind of we did the, the previous season Scottish Cup last season but the last season's cup competitions were a disaster. So reaching a final is, is you know, real improvement on that. But the, yeah. the, the actual really interesting thing I, I thought he said was that he felt he gained trust from the Celtic players after they were beaten 4-0 by Bayer Leverkusen. Because he said that he felt that the players might not have known how to respond to that. In the sense that, is this manager going to throw us under the bus? Is he going to suddenly change his tactics? Is this all kind of, uh, you know, a phantom rebuild in the sense that, you know, this style of play isn't going to get us anywhere? And Ange has stuck to his guns and he's regrouped the players and he's never, he's been so respectful of the players, even when he's been critical of them this season, he's been so respectful of the players. And he says he felt you end their trust by conceding those four goals against Bayer Leverkusen and conceding the four goals against Real Betis. And I just think it's that's, a, that's such a great mentality to have in the sense that we're not going to change from our our processes and the way that we approach things. We're going to keep on the same road and the players are going to eventually buy into that and trust me because of that, because I'm not reactionary and I'm not going to change my entire beliefs because of one result. And I think the... The proof is in the pudding from that Hamish, because we've we're unbeaten in the nine games since that Bayer yeah, Leverkusen. It's a turning point. Yeah, yeah. We've 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 won eight of those games and we drew one against Livingston, which was frustrating. But you know, as I kind of said yesterday, that's kind of baked into the season. There's going to be frustrated results this season because of the nature of where we're coming from. The fact we had half a team three months ago. So you know, I just I really like that that messaging coming from Ange. Um, and the fact that he's he's using defeats like that to kind of motivate the players to become better. And I have no doubt that we're going to go to Germany this weekend and we might get beaten, we might get heavily beaten, mm. but we're going to go and try and play in the same way. Um, and I think that, over the course of a season, will, will pay dividends for us.
0: The the Celtic players still did a lap of honour after that 4-0 home defeat to, to Bayer mm. Leverkusen. And a lot of Celtic fans stayed that night. And I, I think... To, to applaud them, and I think I made that point, I think it was me and Ewan were on that night, and listen, we'd all have been feeling pretty embarrassed after that 4-0 defeat at home to Bayer Leverkusen, and I, I certainly was, but there was a feeling generally, as much as the result was a really painful one, that Celtic were still heading in the right direction, and it, it's interesting you say that, you make the point, you know, Thursday night we got away to Bayer Leverkusen, maybe they're not in you know quite as good a place as they were six weeks ago, but we, we could lose heavily, as you say, on Thursday night. I mean, it, it's very conceivable. They are a top team with you know world-class players littered throughout their side. But Celtic, I think, and the Celtic support are in a much better place now. Um, I, I think since the last Bayer Leverkusen game, the, the team and Ange have really endeared themselves. And I think... You know, we've seen two kind of Celtics this season. Um, certainly in the early parts of the season. We've seen the scintillating Celtic, you know, the Celtic that beat Dundee 6-0, beat St Mirren 6-0. And and we've seen the really, you know, all over the place Celtic in, in quite a few away games at the start. I think on Saturday we didn't really see either. We certainly weren't scintillating in our football, I don't think, but we looked really, really solid. And I, I think that's a real, you know, a real plus for for Ange and for the defence, which is the best defence in in Scotland, you, well, know, you know, people you, you, don't people give people, that enough a lot
1: credit. Of, a lot of people are talking about Jota and, and Kyogo, but what about Cameron Carter-Vickers? I mean, he is yeah, he's,
0: he's, out, he's outstanding. I mean, he, he, he's not he's not, not just defensively though, the, way, the way he moves the ball going forward as well, he's he's just he's just he's you know the exact kind of if you were designing a Celtic centre back, it would be Cameron and Carter-Vickers, mm-hmm. good in the ball. I think he's actually quicker than people give him credit for. Um, you know, really strong, really big, really athletic, and can defend. Can can get his body in the line as well. I think the guy's a star.
1: Yeah, I I think he's a star too, and it's just it's remarkable because you know a lot has been said about Celtic this season, but how we're good at you know an attacking sense and, and weak defensively. But I think that's oh, it's, it's all wrong. That that's not accurate at all. I think Celtic do have the best defense in Scotland. Um, and I think players like Cameron and Carter Vickers are only going to get better over the course of the season. I mean, I'd be delighted if I could sign him on a permanent basis because mm. he's, yeah, he's just, he's so physically strong. He rarely loses a header. He rarely loses an aerial duel. I mean, could you imagine jumping for a ball with him, Hamish? You know, we'd be absolutely bodied. We'd be splayed out on the speak floor. Speak to sell John. I mean, I'm, I'm six <laughs> foot four. Come on. <laughs> Um, I don't care if you're 7 foot 4, I would still back <laughs> Carter Vickers to, to body You know, someone off the ball and get his, his head to that ball. Um, yeah, I've been so delighted by him and I think that, you know, you look at the defence, it's not even a finished product yet. We've still got Christopher Zulian to come back into it. <laughs> Theoretically, you know, Greg Taylor perhaps even moving Juranovic over to the right flank. You know, Ralston is a decent option this season. We've got all these things in play. Starfelt all... still to come back. Starfelt still to come back, and I actually thought he was improving when he got injured, which was which was a shame to see. He was quite, you know, he was quite. um There was trepidation about the way he played in his initial showings, but I think the the more he played alongside Carter vickers I thought there was a real partnership for him in there. So I'm really, I'm really, you know, pleased about the defense. I still think they're still improving today, and I, again. That's something I'm just stressing. No one's seen of the finished article here. There was elements of her performance yesterday that you you would hardly consider exciting. But it was a win in a semi-final, and that's what we needed. Today, Rangers needed a win in a semi-final, and they didn't get it. In fact, I felt they were embarrassed today. like Flat out embarrassed in that first half. Martin Boyle made them look foolish. Um, he made the players look foolish. Ryan Porteous, after the game, making Gerard and Rangers look foolish live on television... Um, I think this was a real horror show For them today And when they have a horror show You know It's good for us I don't care what anyone says It's a rivalry This is what it is When they have a horror day It's good for Celtic fans When Celtic have a horror day It's good for Rangers fans So I'm delighted tonight And there's, there's no getting around it
0: Yeah I mean as I say Yesterday I Me and Stevie said it In the reaction It was 1-0 But I think we could still be out there and and St Johnson wouldn't have scored. I mean, they they created very little in the game. In fact, the best chances they had were kind of self-inflicted from our point of view, the one Joe Hart had, um, you know, at the start of the game. I, I just thought Celtic were really, really secure yesterday. We didn't play, you know, scintillating football. There was occasional bits of good play, But it's always just a a case of of finding that first goal with Celtic. I think that first goal in every single game Celtic play is so important because it opens up the game. And we even saw that in the closing stages of yesterday. You know, Jota and Mikey Johnson both had chances late on. Um, Those are two wingers, but they're not the winger, of course, Mr James Forrest. Um, I just want to get this out there that I've always been a huge James Forrest fan. And to be fair to you, John, what was that face for? I
1: have... I feel like he's from given... he's from my hometown. I can't not like him. I feel like you've had this kind of weird anti hometown bias towards James Forrest for a number of years. We've been doing you know people have been watching our channel for the last eighteen months on YouTube, but we did it. We've been doing a podcast for years before this, and I I have to say I don't feel like you were always a believer in. James I can't
0: believe you are doing this to me, genuinely. I I I love James Forrest. I I I was about to say that you love him as well, but nah, I saw that man.
1: I do love him. I think yeah. I think he's in, in some ways quite underrated still, which is so bizarre because you know, when we do a show like this, you see a lot of feedback on Celtic. It just goes with the territory. So you see all sorts of comments about all sorts of players. And I've been seeing some strange comments um about James Forrest over the last few weeks and and he's not good enough and, and all this sort of nonsense and if we're relying on Forrest then that's a problem at Celtic and all this kinda of nonsense. I, I don't buy into that. I've never bought into that. Um I thought you had real problems with injuries last season. That was the the root of his problems. The the couple of seasons before that he was so consistent for us. So consistent yeah. scoring big goals and big games with a barrel load of assists to go along with it. I mean he's been exceptional. He's been one of our stand up attackers for the last five years. Um, And it's really, I think, disrespectful to suggest that he is anything but a Celtic legend because what he's done and the trophies he's won, the goals he's scored over the last decade is remarkable. And he's a must-start for me on Thursday night um, instead of Lyle Bada because I think he looks fit and I think he looks hungry and ready to go in this team. And I think having Forrest, with his improved decision-making at this kind of later stage of his career, that was his big problem in his first five years at Celtic. His decision-making was abysmal. It was abysmal. Um, but the last five years' his decision-making has improved, and alongside players like Kyogre and Jota, I think that bodes well.
0: Yeah, there's the pre-Brendan Rodgers, James Forrest, and there's the post-Brendan Rodgers, James Forrest. And the post one is just the most reliable player I think Celtic have You know when he's playing, as you say. I think it was 18 goals he scored in two or three seasons in a row, um you know assists as well he's, he's getting the same number that that goal and big games as well I should say I think that's another thing people kind of yeah. leveled at, at James Forrest you know he only does it in the smaller games this is a guy who scores basically every time he plays at Hampden Park whether it be for Celtic or Scotland that goal he scored yesterday I have seen James Forrest score that you know five six seven times at, at Hampden Park already in his, his Celtic career and you know the celebration when he runs over um the commentary. Um, you know, on, on Premier Sports yesterday um, from Rory Hamilton, I was trying to remember his name there, it was incredible. Um, I, I just thought it, I th- I thought it was a really, really big goal. You know those goals when you, you kind of, you find yourself the next day and you, and you get up the highlights and you watch it and then you want to rewind it so you can watch it again. I was doing that today. It, it felt, it for some reason at the time, it felt like, you know, a relatively big goal. We've got a big goal in a game, but watching it back, it feels like a, Feels like a mega goal in this season, and it was a game as much as I say we were in control of it, and I think we were. It was nil nil, and there was you know twenty minutes to go, and, and James Forrest once again stood up at the big moment, and it was a thumping finish as well.
1: Yeah, it's actually interesting because I was going to bring that up, and in, in the sense that you know it's about patience this season, etc. is not it, and getting that goal, and it it does raise your anxiety a bit. I thought yesterday was quite interesting because I thought. St. Johnson started the game in a way that they haven't really done against us over the last couple of years. I think Callum Davidson wanted to have a go at us yesterday. Um, I think they set up you know, in a a little bit more of a bold fashion in terms of trying to press us you know, and trying to get up the pitch and, and not sit too deep in that first 10, 15 minutes. And I think Callum Davidson quickly saw... The writing on the wall in that sense because Jota was obviously getting so much joy down our yeah. left flank. And I think they actually regressed into their kind of defensive system that we've seen them use to great effect over the last couple of years, you know, going back to Tommy Wright days, you know, against Galatasaray, for example, this season. But I think teams are going to struggle against Celtic in the long run if they continue playing this defensive football because I think it's taken too big a gamble that this Celtic team aren't going to figure out how to do and break down these teams on a regular basis. We've seen it in the first few months, it can be difficult. Livingston obviously have had the most success against us with it. Um, But I think this team are getting slowly better at it and I, I was never too worried yesterday. I was never too worried yesterday, yeah. even going into the last 20 minutes. I th- I felt that Celtic were going to get that goal and I never felt in danger of conceding a goal or getting hit on the counter-attack. It was always solid. As soon as the ball kind of went into our half, we just recycled it back into our half and, and kind of put the pressure on. We didn't create our loads of chances before we actually scored. And um, There was a few last-ditch tackles. There was no superb saves from Xander Clark, but I, th- I, th- I felt we well, were always going to get that goal.
0: Yeah, and we've spoken about this before, but we tire the opposition out the way we play yeah. as well. And, and defending like St. Johnson did yesterday is going to tire you out. And, and that's why in, in basically every game this season, certainly recently, the vast majority of our chances have, have happened late on in the match. You know, Ferenc Varos at home, Livingston at home, you know, St. Johnson at, at home, um, the game yesterday, we the way we play and the tempo we play at, knackers teams in Scotland and, and I felt at half time you know we hadn't created a lot but I certainly didn't think it was any time to panic at all um, 72 minutes in I think when the goal goes in I'm, I'm I'm starting to think is the goal going to come I could r- probably rather do without extra time here for my nerves um, but yeah it's one of those things when you re-watch the game it always seems, you know, much easier than, than it did at the time. It always seems kind of much like I said we're much more in control of it. Um, and, and yeah, we we play Hibs in the final. We've not even really spoken about that at all. December the nineteenth. Um, I know it was Premier Sports said it will be December the nineteenth, but they didn't confirm the kickoff time. Mm-hmm. I would assume it will be three pm because that's basically when when I, you know when the League Cup finals always played. But maybe Premier Sports are, are going to throw a wee curveball in there. Maybe we could have a a five kick-off or something on a Sunday evening. That would be interesting.
1: Yeah, I don't think we can take it for granted. Obviously, I think it's going to be a difficult game. But again, you know, we went to Easter Road and I, th- I thought we effectively played Hibs on, on that occasion. And I think, you know, we have will obviously have it in us to do it again. It's, it's about how we turn up on the day. I think that means the St Mirren game moves, is that right? Yeah, in, in that'll be moved
0: to, to January or February,
1: I would yeah, think, yeah, that'll be moved to New Year. So that's another league game kind of... Um, They'll have in hand on us, really, um, Rangers will, well, um, because they won't be playing that weekend. In case you missed the score today, everyone, I'm just I want to give a shout out to the the live chat today because it's going at a million miles an hour, and I'm reading some of the comments and it's quite funny. So um, thanks for giving me um, something to smile about on on these on these some of these comments. Um, people were definitely reveling in the fact that Rangers lost today, and, and fair play to them.
0: But as I said earlier, that's as football fans what we are going to do, and. You know, last season we had a lot of people pointing at, at us at, and laughing at us. A lot of people in in the comments eh, pointing and laughing at us last season. I, I don't seem to see them as often watching our videos now, but um, maybe they're doing it something else tonight, I don't know. Um, anything else in, in terms of, you know, the game yesterday before I move on to just, you know, Leverkusen and, and ahead on Thursday night?
1: No, just, just, you know, it's kind of what we've been saying, Hamish, is that a game like yesterday might not suit some of these players. A game against Leverkusen in Germany might be more of a chance to see what Kyogo and Jota have to offer, um, the space that they could be afforded. That that was um, my major frustration yesterday was the fact that Kyogo was so isolated because you know, I thought he was working hard and I did see him making off-the-ball runs at times that he, he never got the pass for, but he, just, he was never really involved in the game and I think that was really probably to do with his teammates more than him. Um, that was um, frustrating. I thought that you know we looked more cohesive in that final. Third when Forrest came off the bench, so I'm hoping that he can kind of show that on Thursday and he starts that game. I'm also desperate to get Tom Rogic back. Um, I think he's a difference maker, um, and I think he's really good at unlocking these defenses. Uh, you know, in and around the box when they're packed in there. Um, he's still struggling with a bit of an injury. I think he was kind of back to training towards the tail end of last week, so I don't think he's far away. I don't know if you'll be thrown into Thursday night's game, but don't I would expect so. to see him by the weekend if he doesn't play on Thursday. So we get Tom Rogers back and we get Fire on that front again. I'll be I'll be delighted.
0: And we're obviously one nil up already on Thursday night because that's just the way Celtic away European games go. So from that point, what are, what are we thinking? I mean, we're one nil up that, and
1: four one down at the same time.
0: <laughs> pretty much, aye. The, the space that that Kyogo and Jota and. You know, a, a bad or us, whoever plays in the right, the space they will have to run into uh, is going to be really, really good for us, really beneficial because we know how deadly those players can be. Um, I, I guess the issue is that we're we're up against a a, a much better side than Ferencvaros, like streets ahead of Ferencvaros. Yeah. A really, really good side from a, a top European league, and if they really want to turn it on and and score a few goals. There might not be a great deal we can do about it. Um, I, I certainly think a, a, a draw is an achievable result for Celtic if we, you know, turn up and play at the levels we played, you know, in Hungary or at the home game against Varos. All joking aside, I think we will score because. This Celtic team tends to score whenever they play. We we tend to create chances, um, and I think you know when you look at players like Jota and Kyogo and the rich vein of form they're in, and how they've already performed in Europe. Chances are that you know if a big chance comes up, you you would probably back Kyogo to put it in the back of the net. So it's all going to kind of come down to how the defence stands up against Leverkusen, and as much as we're praising them. I think at the top level of European football, that there's probably still some kind of questions over them. And I think we saw that in the, the away game in Hungary. We kind of conceded a, a couple of, of, well, certainly one kind of poor goal. So um, Thursday night, I think both teams will probably score. Um, I just hope we can, I hope we can take it to match day six because um, if we yeah. can and give ourselves a chance of, of beating Betis. And, you know, I think you know do doing that, that on, on match day yeah. six. I mean, I, I, I've i said this before, I wouldn't write Ferenc Varos off in Spain on, on Thursday night. I think it's in Spain. No. I, I genuinely wouldn't because every game they've played in the Europa League so far this season has been tight. I don't think they've they've really lost a game by three or four goals. They've all been one or two goals. And quite a lot of the time it's been late in the game. So I, I wouldn't I wouldn't back against uh, Ferenc Varos maybe getting a point on Thursday.
1: Ferencvaras have had a tough draw here. The, the, this group, this Group G in the Europa League is absolutely box office for me. It's the best football that's been played in the, the entire competition. It's the most attacking football that's been played in the entire competition. I think there's been more goals scored in this in this group. And you look at the, you know, three of the, the, the top five keepers in the competition are from this group in terms of the numbers of saves made. So this, this group is just all out attack from every team. It's been thrilling to watch, and I think it's probably you know Celtic have obviously had an influence in that, and the, the way we've played. You know that four mm. three game betis was disappointing, but we we played you know pretty well in, in spells of that game. The, the, the one disappointment that stands out is that match at home to Leverkusen. So I'm hoping mm. that the team can show a bit about themselves on Thursday and and show that they're not just there to get to get rolled over again. Because as you say, I think if we can take it to them, if we can take it to the last night then I fancy us to do something on that last night. Right. I've just got a feeling. So um, I'm excited. This this group's amazing. I think, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't rule like, Ferran Svaros out to do us a wee favour on Thursday either.
0: It's mad when you look at it. We've conceded 10, so Ferran Svaros, that's the most in the entire competition. And, and Betis, I think, are next. So you've got the, the three teams. Yeah, the, the worst apart for that conceded is eight. Bettys have conceded nine, and, and us and Ferenc Farris have both conceded ten, so you've got, you know, the most goals getting scored by far in this group. Leverkusen are just absolutely blitzing it, they've scored 11 and conceded two, they've got ten points from four games, so I mean, that that's the, you know, that's the scale of the task that faces on Thursday night, but, you know, bring it on, we, we've already secured the, the Conference League at, at the very worst, so... And I'm you know I've spoken about this before I'm fascinated by that competition. so even if it doesn't go to plan over the the last couple of match days and even if you know God forbid we go out of the Europa League on Thursday night, I don't think it should destroy the feel good factor at all at Celtic because we still have the conference league we've got this final to look forward to next month. We've got a real chance now I think over the next you know six seven weeks until the next Derby to to make up some ground on Rangers. Um, I said that I think Van Bronckhorst will improve them when he comes in I think you know they can't get much worse than today but he is stuck with that squad for the next 6-7 weeks and for me that Rangers squad looks like they are just finished and not interested at all and I think we're the, the polar opposite and I think we have a chance as I say over the next 6-7 weeks to really just keep winning just keep dialing up the pressure on Rangers and obviously when it comes to that big game at Celtic Park in the 2nd of January get the 3 points there you know, win the Cup in, in December the 19th. And I, I think we'll probably be able to look at this first half of the season as, as being great. I'm not getting ahead of myself at all, as you can obviously tell.
1: Interesting media glare of Van Bronckhorst today, I felt. Especially after the game and during it even. Stephen Craigan desperate to get him in that dressing room at half time, right? Just desperate to get him in. And then Premier Sports did a bit of digging on his work permit in the sense that he could have went into the dressing room if he wanted to, and then was getting criticised by Kevin Thompson, who I think has yeah. been a youth coach at Rangers recently, or, or has Current,
0: been. Current uh, Kelty Hearts manager, yeah.
1: Yeah, criticising Van Bronckhurst for not going to the dressing room, then Derek McKinnis kind of having a say, he's it's kind of like, he's not even been in the job a day, and he's already under a bit of pressure, it's interesting, I don't know much about his character, I don't know what he's like, I don't know how he handles the media. Um. But I thought he looked a bit shell-shocked in the stand today and that's going to be interesting how that pans out. But as we know, and as we stress on this channel often, it's all about what Celtic do and Celtic taking care of business. But Hamish, I feel like it is a a very exciting time to be a Celtic fan at the moment. Um, And I'm really enjoying the season. I I think we can push on now and and do some, some good stuff over the next couple of months.
0: On a scale of 1 to 10, how buzzing are we for the Ange open goal interview tomorrow at 5 yeah, pm?
1: In all seriousness, I'm looking forward to that. I mean, I like open goal. There's, you know, it's some of their stuff I haven't been a fan of, some of the stuff I've been a big fan of. I think when they get someone good on it, it's, it's always a must watch thing. And I'll be certainly I'll be, I think it's 5 o'clock tomorrow, I'll be tuning into that. It's going to be a good one. And and any of the interview at the moment is great. He's, he's great with the fan media on Monday, great with the media later in the week, great on that Australian radio interview. Um, yeah, I'm all for more Ange content, wherever it may come from.
0: Yeah, 5pm tomorrow will be dropping on YouTube. I think there's another channel that, that will be dropping a video at 5pm as well. So just make sure you watch us first. That's all I'm saying, <laughs> and I, I will be checking to find out. Uh, I think we're going to leave it there then, yeah. John. This has been a, a fun, um, whatever we call it, Sunday Live, 67 Hail Wheels Sunday Live. Um, I don't know if we'll get many better than this, but hey-ho, the way Celtic are going, perhaps we will. Maybe we'll have one in a few months' time when, when Celtic are top of the league and, and already got a trophy in the cabinet. Um, yeah, thanks so much, mate. Cheers. Thanks, everyone, for watching. Um, it's the, the live chat's just been mad today, hasn't it? It's been, it's been incredible. So enjoy your evening. Um, and yeah, we'll be back tomorrow with another video, of course. Take care, everyone, and hail, hail.